Welcome to the No Answers Podcast, a show where we attempt to ask really good questions of ourselves with the hopes that through our dialogue, you might find answers to questions you didn't even know you had. I'm Lennox Matsende. And this is Mark Robinson. And without further ado, let's dive right in. Welcome to episode number one of the No Answers Podcast. I'm your boy Lennox, and I'm joined with my lovely co-host Mark over here. And um, in today's episode, we're going to be diving into a bit of our story, a little bit of our backgrounds, what led us to this particular moment in time where we decided we're going to start a podcast, and uh, really just add some context around who we are and what the heck we're doing on Earth and uh, why why you should tune in and, and listen. But before all that, one of the cool things we're excited about doing uh, with this particular show is really weave in some deep thought-provoking questions that we hope will inspire you to think deeper about some things in your own life, uh, but really to kickstart this this process of critical thinking um, in our community. So before I get to the question, though, um, Mark, you want to jump in and say anything real quick? What's up, everybody? I'm excited to be doing this podcast with you, but we can we can dive into the question. I'll be sharing my story. You'll be sharing your story so people can get to know us later. I don't have too much to say. Kick us off. Let's let's cool. dive into it. I I didn't want it to be a monologue, you know, so I got to I got to I got to I got to get the homie a shot. Um <laughs> that's uh, So, the question, I'm actually going to read it out cuz I'd written it down. So, today's thought-provoking question is When was the last time you changed your mind about something because you realized you were wrong? I'll say it again. When was the last time you changed your mind about something because you realized you were wrong? Meaning you believed a lie. You had a belief that was deeply lodged in your subconscious and you thought this thing was true. But you were presented an alternative set of facts that shattered that belief and you actually changed your mind. I'll leave you with that for now. <laughs> Mark? Is that where I jump in? <laughs> you you posing that question to me? So I think like you made it sound really dramatic of like something came in and just shattered it. And I feel like a lot of times it's a lot more subtle than that. There's not too many times where I believe something wholeheartedly and all of a sudden some new fact just comes in and blows that old opinion out of the water. A lot of times there's little things that show up and start to maybe cast doubt on something that you believe that build over time. And so I don't think it's always like a one hot moment that just shatters everything all of a sudden that can happen for sure but generally i would say that is not what's happened in my life i feel like there's probably a lot of things that i've changed there's what first came to mind is a situation recently actually at work where um in leadership you get to do some really fun things like lay people off sometimes which sucks uh leadership actually sucks a lot of the time in business and so uh, sometimes business is amazing and everybody's thriving. Sometimes business is still good, but you have to make tough decisions. And so I've had to do that recently. And with that, I had been meditating on the best way to go about this, to communicate this to, uh, some team members that we were getting ready to lay off and thought I'd come to like, all right, I got this figured out. This is the best way to go about it. Presented that to the team in a leadership meeting and the 
two people that had stepped up and volunteered and said like, hey, you know what? I'm the direct manager that works for this person. I should probably be the one to communicate the message. And they stepped up and volunteered and wanted to do that. Um, and they both agreed on a different path. So that's something where I wasn't the one officially going to be communicating it. And I thought I had this grandiose plan that was great. And then they both agreed on something else. So that was like, all right, well, I trust you. We're going to go with your plan because you're the one doing it. And ultimately, you're responsible for doing that because they stepped up. So that's the first thing that came to mind of me thinking I had contrived this beautiful plan. And then uh, when I presented that to others, it was proven not to be the best plan. So that's the most recent one that comes to mind. Okay. And I think the cool thing with a question like this, really what it what it does, is it kind of highlights this idea or this virtue of humility, right? Because first of all, admitting that you were wrong, right? That's especially in this current climate, in this current uh, society that we're living in, where everyone apparently has answers. Um, I think it takes boldness and courage <laughs> to, to admit that you're wrong. So... I don't know. I, I think this is a, a really valid question for anyone to really ask of themselves. So, yeah, I like that. I like that example. For sure. And I think, yeah, to your point, in this culture where everybody, everybody's got something to say, a lot of people are putting themselves out there like they're an expert on this and a life coach about that and whatever. And um, if there's not something that you've changed your mind on, that means you're not getting any better and you're just believing the same thing forever. So you're not evolving, you're not growing. So I think that's it's not healthy if you feel like you're too smart to uh, actually change your mind a little bit. What about you? You got a good, something you've recently changed your mind on? Man, that's a, I've been, I've been racking my brain on this question for, for quite some time. Um, Cause like this whole idea of, uh, of just belief and like, you know, being a, 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 a critic of your own belief. That's something I, I always challenge myself to do always question everything question all your beliefs um but i'm human right so we don't we don't we don't we don't do that all the time the thing uh the thing that actually comes to mind for me is in like this whole health and fitness realm uh diets and and stuff like that because i'll admit there's so much information out there um about this way of living and that way of living and why you know, veganism is better and why the carnivore diet is better, plant-based, no plant-based. So, um, just to get a little vulnerable here, for me, you know, I pride myself in my ability to discern what's true and what's good for my body. And, you know, I research and I read the peer-reviewed literature when I can. Um, but a lot of times I just kind of follow what I saw my favorite influencer saying on Instagram like anyone else right we've got all these health influencers on Instagram uh that have big followings right so all of a sudden they have credibility and in this busy world that we live in you know we don't always have time to fact check uh some of the things that that we hear but unfortunately um I uh, I was reading um a book a while back and I learned this really interesting thing or or, or piece of research I guess that there's one research actually there's a book uh, by this nobel peace nobel peace prize winner named daniel kahneman um i don't know i'm blanking on the name of it but it really just exposes uh flaws in human decision making and certain biases that were uh we as humans are likely going to fall into and one of the ones he mentioned was as humans we are like we will remember 
uh, uh, an argument or remember an idea for a really, really long time, but we will forget the source of it. Meaning, if you heard someone who you trust, it could be a parent, it could be a, a social media influencer, it could be a mentor, say something and it was very believable and it resonated, like it's going to stick in your subconscious far past the point where you actually remember who said that right interesting I, even if that even if that thing was wrong like I, I thought it was super fast so now you have a whole society of people walking around with beliefs right because what we're talking about is beliefs beliefs that they have no idea where they got them from but they believe them wholeheartedly and the one i'm going to bring up to the table for me oh there's a few one is uh dairy right i uh i hopped on this bandwagon of the plant-based milks you know the oat milk you know the almond milk the cashew milk and, and whatnot um honestly because i didn't really do a ton of research um i did surface level research and um i was i, I was convinced that plant-based milks you know are are better because cow's milk is giving us cancer or or increasing the um <laughs> inflammation in our bodies or some 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 shit i don't know i can't remember but uh yeah. that's one thing i recently changed my mind about because i realized i was quite going through this process of questioning my beliefs i realized that i don't actually have a good enough reason for not like drinking milk uh drinking cow's milk or eating cheese i mean i actually never stopped eating cheese freaking love cheese um <laughs> but um, i'm not eating freaking cashew cheese like you miss me with that shit <laughs> but yeah get out of here um, that and another. another if you're into one. cashew cheese, we love you too. But <laughs> I'm gonna stick with hey, the real cheese. No, no judgment. It's a judgment for yourself. <laughs> um, but another big one, which is even closer to home, is is I, I think I'd already mentioned it, but meats, right? Man, I, I watched this thing on Netflix a while back. Uh, I think it was What the Hell or something, and, and mm-hmm. it was really popular. And it turned to like I don't know. I feel like half of America vegan for a while. And uh, I was one of those people that, you know, they, they told they, they told a really good story. And I'm not saying that, like, plant-based diets are not good. But I think uh, for a while I was convinced that if I wanted to be healthy, if I wanted to live a healthy life, I, I needed to follow plant-based diet. And meat was causing inflammation, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I went down the rabbit hole and actually started to seek out, you know, actual research and i realized there's like a ton of research on both sides but um ultimately i changed my mind and decided that i'm going to go back to eating meat the way i used to because i'm not convinced that me eating a bunch of kale and freaking spinach all day is necessarily going to make me live longer but that's uh that's one thing that pops into my head what popped into my head when you said that initially when you were talking about taking advice from Instagram influencers. I was thinking about Liver King. That's where I was waiting for you to go with it. Because <laughs> he had been claiming no steroids. This is all natural. And then you look at the guy and you're like, bruh. Yeah. And okay. uh, But then he came out, he's using whatever it was, $15,000 a month worth of steroids or something, maybe more. So anyways. Anyway. <clears throat> yeah. I do, I do love me so, some good liver though. Yeah, uh, that's that's true. It's it's dense with nutrients, so I, I like it cooked and seasoned. Not not what he was doing. 
I don't eat liver frequently, but I have had it. So, um, okay. Well, I think we can shift into talking about our stories before we do that. The question you mentioned of when's the last time that you wholeheartedly believed something and then something happened that actually made you change the way that you think made you change a belief. If you have something that popped into your mind when we started talking about that, when Lennox posed that question, then DM it to one of us on social media. We'll have all of our links in the bio. We'd love to hear that. If there's one that's really thought provoking and provocative and like strikes a chord with us, then we'll share that in one of our episodes or like bring it up again and talk about it. Uh, but we'd love to hear what you guys have changed your mind on uh, recently and stuff as well. So we'd love some interaction with the community people that, that end up tuning into this podcast and get to know what you guys are also like thinking through and questioning and rethinking and all of that. So uh, yeah, find one of us on social and send it our way. That being said, why don't we shift into uh, sharing our stories? So I'll kick it to you, Lennox. I know we are going to try to keep these episodes around 30 minutes and you could take far longer than that to share your story. You got a lot to say and have a lot of interesting uh, things in your life that you could talk about. But why don't you, you know, take that wherever you want to go with it? Yeah, man, I'm going to keep it short because your boy has lived uh, a long and interesting life. Uh, so definitely a lot to share about, but... I mean, to Mark's point, I think because this is the first episode, it makes sense to kind of, you know, set the stage, provide some context so you know who the hell these two dudes are, uh, what we're all about, you know, what do we stand for, values, mission, vision, like, what are we out here trying to do? So, yeah, I'll kick us off. So, my name is Lennox Matsinde, uh, born and raised in a small country in Southern Africa called Zimbabwe. Uh, for my geographically inclined listeners, it is the country that's right above South Africa, um, so I grew up there. Uh, I went to high school um, in Zimbabwe. When I was about 14, my parents relocated from Zimbabwe to South Africa, but they left me in they left me in, in school because they didn't want to uproot me. At that time, Zimbabwe had a better education system than South Africa. So what I would do was during the school holidays, I would spend half the time with my extended family in Zimbabwe and then half the time with my family in South Africa. So that was pretty much my teenage years. So at some point during that time, probably like 14 or 15, I got this vision for what life would like would be like in America or in the first world. And I decided that I was going to do whatever I could to make it to America. And it took, you know, my mom came on board pretty quick, but uh, it took me probably a couple of years to convince my dad because, you know, you're the one who's going to have to like buy my plane ticket and shit so he uh was not right. as willing to, to 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 buy into the idea of sending his kid to uh this foreign foreign country and uh back then especially like no one really from my country was coming to the u.s so it was daunting but by god's grace eventually uh he came on board and uh with the agreement we made was if if i could find a school in america uh, that would give me scholarships and et cetera, et cetera, to, and, and bring the cost of attendance down to where it was comparable to what he would pay for school back in like South Africa or something. Then he would consider letting me go. So long story short, basically applied to every freaking school in this country. And uh, eventually when I mentioned where I started my, my American journey, this will all make sense. But um, I, um, yeah, I applied to a bunch of schools, uh, got accepted into a bunch but got some scholarship money from a few and I ended up uh, taking 
taking my 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 talents to the small town of Moorhead, Minnesota. And uh, for those of you that have never heard of that before, it's next to Fargo, North Dakota. It's four hours south of the Canadian border. It is my, the the school I went to, Minnesota State University, uh, Moorhead, was rated the coldest college campus in America. So just for some context, Yikes. I went. No from, thanks. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, bro. Like I don't wish that on my worst enemy. <laughs> no, <laughs> nah. I uh, <laughs> I went from sub-Saharan heat, right where I grew up, to 30 below with wind chill, and uh, you know snow on the ground from like October to freaking may like it was just terrible yeah. and like and also the only black people that were in that town were like the football <laughs> players uh the track some of the track kids the basketball kids and us african you know international students uh that have somehow made their way to this small ass town in minnesota but anyway um before that though so i my parents my parents are based in Johannesburg, south africa um i'd spent some time with them there spent some time in cape town actually uh before making it to the u.s so that's kind of like my my background as far as like how i made it to america so i started out in in minnesota transitioned to boise idaho you know i know also cold um but it was you know i was trying to make it to cali trying to make it to california i lived that like california dream uh that didn't quite work out according to plan um there's still but, hope. Hey, man. Hey, I'm, I'm not giving up on that, uh, on that SoCal dream yet. Um, but yeah, I went, uh, went to college in Idaho uh, and graduated with a full ride. So for those wondering why I'm doing all this, I was chasing college. So I was able, fortunate enough to, to graduate, graduate with a full ride. And then I went to school for computer science, moved to Seattle in 2016, uh, dove right into tech. Um, my background is in software engineering, so I've been doing that for a while. Transitioned to technical product management because I got burnt out and tired of writing code. Um, but for context, that's kind of where I'm where I'm coming from. I, in parallel, started a, a side career as a day trader because I'd always been enamored by financial markets. So I got into crypto in 2017. Uh, one of my buddies introduced me to Ethereum. Um, shout out to Samir if he ends up listening to this, but. Uh, got into ETH uh, in 2017, got into day trading Forex, and have pretty much been doing that since then. And uh, at some point, decided to bring my two worlds of computer science and finance together and start making trading algorithms. Then I started a company and started building machine learning models to like trade crypto and Forex. Again, that's a whole other rabbit hole. But that's one hat that I wear. And another thing I was also super passionate about was real estate because growing up in this you know third world country i grew up in one of the things i would constantly see is the people that were doing well had assets had like real estate so i was always drawn to this idea of ownership so as soon as i graduated college you know i started saving and i got into real estate in 2017 a year after i graduated so i started investing in seattle and then have slowly built up a portfolio of rentals between Seattle and Tennessee, actually. So I do a small multifamily. I've done some like Airbnb, currently running an Airbnb business, do like travel nurses and, and that kind of stuff. So that's been fun, a lot of learnings. So career-wise, I've got my tech hat, I've got the real estate stuff, I've got crypto and Forex. And then of course, with my guy Mark over here, 
uh, apparently we are event producers now and we run large conferences uh, <laughs> as of last as of last year with uh, our foray into um, web3 events with NFT Seattle so that's that's one thing I also did I co-founded NFT Seattle with my guy Mark here but anyway I said way too many words I'm gonna pause there and kick it back to you Mark so you mentioned you mentioned some of the I don't want to call it side gigs because you've done really successful like you've done really well with what you've done on the side and you're humble about it but like the boutique hedge fund that you've built and the machine learning models that you've built and then how many doors do you have in real estate now so right now i'm at nine doors nine doors which is awesome especially for just starting in 2017 so in six years you've got nine doors so one and a half doors per year that you're adding into your portfolio that's pretty strong and you're doing all that so you built basically three businesses plus the conference which is another business. And I know how much work that was because we were partnered and we put a shit ton of work into pulling that event off. Um, but outside of that, you're also working full-time in the tech world, which you didn't even really go into, but you're working oh. full-time right now at Starbucks. And before that you were at T-Mobile, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of so forgot about that. You, yeah. You've so done, I have a full-time job. So you've done, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. So it would be impressive if you'd done all that without a full-time job. Um, but the fact you did it, on top of working full-time in the corporate world is is even more impressive. So yeah, uh, I did not come from Zimbabwe or anywhere exotic. I know I look super exotic if you can see me right now, but was born in a little town called Irving, Texas, then moved up to Cincinnati, Ohio when I was about seven years old and then lived there for about 18 years and uh, went, to, went to school in Cincinnati. My life pretty much revolved around basketball. That's my story when I... Uh, growing up, Lennox here tells me he can play basketball, but I'm, you know, still kind of waiting to see it. So we'll see. Bro, bro, I've been hooping, man. <laughs> what are you talking about? You know this. Yeah, yeah, put respect on my name. Hey, it's easy to talk. You know, what do we say about people that, that, uh, that talk earlier? You okay. Know. All right. Anyways. All right. <laughs> so my, my life pretty much revolved around basketball. The plan was go to college, play basketball. The dream, of course, was to play in the NBA or do it professionally or something along those lines. But Maybe that was coaching, you know, wherever I could go. But I really just wanted to take that as far as I could. Broke my foot my senior year of high school. Ended up breaking it again uh, my freshman year of college. Both times I broke it playing basketball. And that's when I had to pivot and realized, all right, looks like basketball may not be the path for me. And so it was a truth that I probably should have caught on to earlier. But that's really what it took for me to really uh, accept it. And so I ended up going to art school. Actually, I really wanted to play for Coach Huggins. Uh, Bob Huggins was the coach of the Cincinnati Bearcats, really wanted to play for him. So that's where I went to school. It also was the number one uh, college in the country for industrial design, which is what I wanted to study, which was basically like product design. So, um, but after basketball fell through, a big part of why I went there was for basketball. And it's a D1 school I was hoping to walk on. Uh, That dream never happened. And uh, then about a year in, I was like, you know what? I think I'm a business person. I love art, I love design, but ultimately I'm gonna be running a business and I'll work with designers, I'll collaborate with them, I'll hire them, but I don't personally want to be the designer per se. And so uh, I started studying business actually after about a year. And what I realized real quickly was all the people that I was studying art with, they were pulling all-nighters, they were extremely passionate. People flew from all over the world to study at the school. And then I shifted into business school and it was a bunch of people that just came to party and they didn't know what else to study. And they're like, hey, I can come here. I can get a degree. That's what you're supposed to do after high school. So let's drink a lot of beer and uh, go to business school. And that 
for me, seemed like a waste of time real quick. And so about, you know, six weeks into that, I said, yeah, I'm, I'm good on school for now. So that's when I discontinued my education. So I never graduated, never meant or never went more than about a year uh, all in. So that was my school journey. My it's funny, my uh, my parents at the time, well, my dad specifically, I remember him saying, he's like, yeah, you know, I always uh, said you didn't have to go to school to be successful. But then when your own kid decides not to go to school, you really think about how much you actually believe that because that was pretty challenging for them to to swallow. And I think I always tried to appease them like, oh, this is just temporary. I'm for sure going to go back, just going to save up some money first and um, have not gone back. And, you know, at this point, I don't it's not really a reason in my mind for me to, to go back at this point, unless there's something I was really passionate about wanting to study. But um, yeah, from there, I did a, I did a number of different uh, jobs and stuff. So I was building a network marketing business actually for a while in the health and fitness industry and, and kind of spent a fair bit of time actually expanding that into Mexico. Um, so I was doing a lot of like bilingual work with that and translation and speaking down in, in Mexico quite a bit, which was interesting. I did um, a lot of work in the financial space. I was working at Fifth Third Bank and then ultimately started working for a company where I was traveling all around the country uh, in the corporate world, basically getting dealerships and auto groups to buy into our financing programs. That's what ultimately ended me up out in Seattle. I was gone three to four weeks out of the month. And after about a year doing that, when you're 25, it's pretty fun. But then it's like, you know what, this is kind of lonely. And I'm ready to actually have friends because when you're in a different city every week, you make friends, but after a week they're gone and you don't ever see them again. And so that got old. Um, did not really get too excited about resettling down in Cincinnati. And so I started looking at Miami, started looking at different places to actually plant some roots. And then one day I got a call, hey, we changed your flight next week. You're flying to Seattle. I showed up. It was one of our deceptively sunny, beautiful, <laughs> gorgeous days in April. And about a month and a half later, I moved out here. So that's how I ended up getting to Seattle. And then, uh, yeah, I started working for Capital One. I actually, or uh, I was working for the same company. About a year after moving to Seattle, got laid off, um, which writing was on the wall. I was not overly shocked by it. I could tell, you know, I was in sales and I could tell the company was not uh, doing extremely well. And I knew what they were paying me and that that was not sustainable. And so wasn't a huge shock when that company laid me off and about a year later ended up going under, but I parlayed that into a position at Capital One, was doing the same thing, was building some different like side businesses at the time as well. And then, um, let's see, about three years after that is probably about when I met Linux. That's about four or five years ago. I met Linux and this is actually, this is kind of a cool story, kind of a God story that I'll share about what ended me up doing what I'm doing now. Uh, building a marketing and media agency, a creative marketing agency where we do a lot of video content for brands and stuff. But I was I was planning on a, a career shift because I was building stuff on the side. Um, nothing was really popping off. And then I was working for Capital One, which I really enjoyed, was getting paid well. And at the same time, I didn't want to move up. I wasn't really growing. I had built up a lot of great relationships and in sales, it was kind of an autopilot. So it was cool, but it was just felt very stale and stagnant. And I was just kind of over it. The benefit was it wasn't super taxing and I could invest my energy building things up on the side. So um, that was the reason I hung on to it. But then I started looking around, decided, all right, I need to like invest my time and energy into a into a startup, into my own thing, into something. I came up with an idea for a social media business and hit up my friend Austin, 
who had just started one. And uh, I remember we went on a run and I was telling him about my idea, wanted to pick his brand. He's like, well, dude, that's basically what I'm doing. And you can either start your own, but why don't you just partner up with me and we can build this thing together. So that's what ended up ha happening. And when I left the corporate world, um, before I did, I was like thinking about it, meditating on it, praying on it. And there was about four different times where I heard either a, a pastor in a sermon or a podcast, or I read in a book where it talked about this parable of like casting your net on the other side of the boat. You're not catching any fish. You cast your net on the other side and then you have you catch more than you can, more than you can handle. And literally four different sources in the course of about a month as I'm praying and meditating about, should I make this career change? Should I not? Because it was a big risk. This company was basically a total of two people if I were to join. And I'm leaving a company with 50,000 people where you got all the benefits, it's safe, it's secure, they're paying you really well. And you got, you know, all the perks that come with working remote, remote in the corporate world and in a cushy sales job. So ended up making the leap, took about a 50% pay cut to take a bet on myself and build up uh, Braintegic, which is where I'm at right now. And, um, but I had a lot of peace doing that just because there was that much confirmation of like, okay, clearly I'm getting signs from God that this is like the universe is speaking to me right now. This is the right move. This is what I need to do. And uh, so have experienced a lot of growth over the past three and a half, four years since doing that. But um, yeah, that's right around the time that I met Lennox actually is when I was going through that and uh, made that transition as well. Fast forward about two, three years, probably about two years after that, um, started getting excited about like reaching back into my roots in art and finding myself getting really excited about NFTs. Posted something on Instagram saying, yo, is anybody else buying these NFT things? Lennox hits me back and is like, yo, I invested into that same project too. What's up? And then that started us talking a lot more than we were friends, but we didn't necessarily chat all that much. And then we started talking a lot about Web3 and NFTs and, you know, emerging technology, where is everything headed? And uh, then we ended up going to a couple of conferences together, started working a little bit together on Satoshi's Index, which is a whole nother project Linux has built. And uh, we saw some of these conferences were like, I mean, that was cool, but you know, I think we could do a little better than that. <laughs> and so we both kind of independently had the same idea that, hey, Seattle should be part of this conversation. We got a ton of smart, innovative, intelligent people out here that we need to get them all in one room and just let the magic happen. And so that's what we ended up doing last year with NFT Seattle, which was awesome. And uh, now we're working on an event this year. Now we're starting a podcast and that brings us to where we're at right now. Dude. That's so crazy, man. There's just so much that has happened in the, in the last few <laughs> years. Yeah, yeah, because I, yeah, I didn't even mention Satoshi. So, like, obviously I talked about I got into crypto in 2017. And then in 2021, I'm hearing, you know, Gary V's talking about NFTs left, right, and center. And I'm like, okay, right. sure. And I remember, like, I was actually, that, that's, um, I think that's when I, I spent a month, like, living in New York that year. And um, I was like, I was hanging out in Soho a lot, and there's actually this NFT gallery. I think you know about it, Super Chief, and yep. they have they have one in Soho, and that was my first time actually being in in a community, in a physical community of people that were all about NFTs. So it was like a it was like a party, Soho, and I met the owner, and I'm like, yo, this is like a whole world. I still wasn't bought in, but now my my curiosity. All right, I'm I'm, I'm interested in in all this stuff. And then probably a couple months after that, when I'm back in Seattle, 
Tom Bilyeu is starting to get super vocal on, on, on NFTs and stuff. And I'm like, okay, all right. So some context for those that don't know. Uh, Tom Bilyeu is the GOAT on all things mindset. Uh, he's probably <laughs> my number one like virtual mentor. Over the last like three to five years, I've learned so much just from his show, The Impact Theory uh, Show. I mean, he interviews the goats of all the goat kingdom, um, uh, you know, for like a better <laughs> way of putting that, you know, just like the people that are at the top, you know, he's got Ray Dalio, he's got freaking the top professional athletes, you name it, right? Because it's all about mindset. The success you achieve in life is all about what's going on in here. So I gravitated to his, to his show and his yep. messaging. And he's really shaped the course of my life. So when this man sold his company, Quest Nutrition, for a billion dollars um, and is worth $500 million, right? he's, he's, he's wealthy, If he, this dude don't need to work. And when he's saying, um, I'm pivoting and going all in on Web3, and I've already kind of been bought in on him as a person, I, I stopped. I'm like, all right, I need to figure out a way of just not being a casual observer but participating in whatever this is this movement and honestly just nfts were just like the surface like the tip of the iceberg uh but mm-hmm. i knew that i needed to like learn by doing so yeah i'm investing in all these projects including uh the impact theory founders key which is actually the one mark was talking about and um i, I knew i wanted to learn because i wanted to do it myself i wanted to start my own life, which is what i ended up doing with satoshi's index and so for those that uh, aren't familiar, um, Satoshi's Index is uh, a, a token-gated SaaS platform. So we use NFTs to actually authenticate access into a web app that we created. And what the web app does is it uh, automates portfolio management for crypto investors. So think of it like an index fund or 401k for crypto, um, except you know you need an NFT to access it. And it's like a set it and forget it thing where... It just works on it works behind the scenes for you anyway all that to say this whole journey started because i kept seeing all these influential people who like i i i, I admired going all in on, on web3 and, li- and listening to what they were saying it really kept sparking these ideas and i somehow convinced mark to help me uh with all the marketing for satoshi's index so that deepened our relationship and you know as part of like launching an nft project you know, you're speaking at conferences, you're sponsoring booths and whatnot. And uh, so, yeah, Mark and I got closer through all those travels. And I think uh, the moment you're talking about, I, I remember I was flying to NFTLA last year. And funny enough, right now, NFTLA is going on. So like kind of full circle. It was on the flight to NFTLA mm-hmm. 2022, where I was sitting there thinking, man, we really need to do this in Seattle. Because we just come back from Superman. Like, uh, which was another yep. conference in LA, like the month prior. And Mark and I were like, yeah, we can definitely do better than this. And I'm um, like thinking, yeah, we, <laughs> we need to make this happen. Or someone needs to make this happen. But um, yeah, right. it's so cool just to kind of see how our stories have been weaved together and Web3 has been a big part of it. So yeah, I just wanted to call that out. For sure. Well, I remember it was cool because I had already, like, back in November, so four or five months prior, I had actually bought the domain nftseattle.io and had this idea of like, man, this could be a whole community, like get people together. Maybe it's an event. I don't really know, but should be something. And then shortly after that, they announced that the, you know, the world's first NFT museum, Seattle NFT museum launched in January. 
So I went to their grand opening. That was cool. And so I had had this vision kind of in my mind of wanting to do something, but I hadn't shared that with you. And so then when you said, man, you know what? Seattle needs one of these. Maybe we could do it. It was like, bro, <laughs> you, like, you don't even know. So that was, it was yeah. pretty cool. And that's not the first time that's happened. I think there's a lot of synergy between stuff that we get excited about, stuff we're working on independently, and then find out later on that, uh, you know, we've independently been working on similar things, which is pretty cool. So, yeah. Uh, you mentioned before, I know we're, we're over 30 minutes here. I don't know how long we want to keep talking about ourselves. I don't know how much people really care about, you know, <laughs> my story. But uh, actually, one thing to add to, I'm doing house hacking too. So I've, I'm dabbling in the real estate game as well. I don't have as many doors as you, but we're getting that going. Bought a home about a year and a half ago and uh, been house hacking there, working on developing the property ideally. And uh, so anyways, at, that's, at some, that's another point too. At some point, point we need to do a whole episode on house hacking because yeah. it is probably the most powerful investing strategy um, that anyone that wants to get started in real estate. And I have all kinds of people asking me how to get into real estate, advice, tips and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And man, house hacking. I'll, I'll leave it there, but please continue. To be continued. Can we touch base on that in a further further uh, conversation? Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, you had mentioned before, you had mentioned values and vision and that kind of stuff. Do you want to touch on that real quick? And maybe what we can do, we can just run through our own personal like values or vision or something like that. And then we can hit each other with a random question. The way that we're going to end these episodes is with a lightning round where we ask each other, a question that we're not prepared for and just see what comes out as a way of getting to know each other. You guys can get to know us so you know who you're actually listening to and just, you know, throw a little fun at the end to see what happens. So uh, do you want to share a little bit about vision, values, whatever? I know we both recently kind of reworked all of that. That's another example of something we both kind of independently did and then found out we were both deep working on that. But um, yeah, go for it. Yeah, I mean, I've been kind of working on uh, I, I think I started my values, my first values exercise in 2019. Uh, that's when I realized, oh shit, I should probably like write my values down. And then from there, it kind of evolved into, oh, okay, I should probably write a vision statement for my life. And oh, okay, I should come up with a mission for my life. So, cause I, I think like most people, you know, it's easy to just kind of shoot from the hip and, you know, you do things and you succeed and you just kind of keep doing things cause they worked, but without uh, anchoring like any anchoring in something that transcends you like something that's just bigger than you. It, I feel like you can eventually get to a point where you can feel like you're spinning around in circles because you don't know why you're doing what you're doing um, so just to add some context around like why why I think this stuff is, is important so for me I'm going to condense it I'm not going to go through the whole list of values or, or anything I'm actually just going to smush it all together values and the vision um because I think my number one value, it really encapsulates Lennox. It like when I tell you what my number one value is, you'll understand why I do what I do. Whether it's in real estate, in, in tech, in corporate America, um, in the, in the arts, right? Because I have a whole another life that I didn't even talk about that I that I, that I had in the arts, right? With music and, and, and that kind of stuff. Um, but for me, my number one, my number one value. There's a whole lot that people don't even know yet. You could have, there's a lot of different things that'll come out as we keep talking, but continue. Oh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, number one value has always been growth, like relentless growth. 
Um, and I think anyone that knows me uh, knows that like I'm just like I'm, I'm getting after it. You know, whether it's like mental, spiritual, emotional, physical, financial, yeah. like experiences. Like I want to. If I'm not growing, I'm dying. So that's like my number one value. And um, when people ask me, because we, you and I both like we're ambitious. We're doing all kinds of stuff, right? And, a lot of a lot of times I'll have people ask me like why why do you do all this like why do you have so many things why are you just you know why why don't you sleep um, that's something I'm working on but um, <laughs> for me this idea of like evolving right and like continuing to level up it's like it, it goes beyond just the metrics you know the money or the assets or or, or looking mm-hmm. good for me it's this idea that. I'm stepping into the fullness of what God called, right? And honestly, like, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna steal from Ed Milet, um, because I feel like the way uh, that he articulated this just resonated with me so much. Um, he says this often, even when we saw him uh, last year in Vegas. He said he shared this, but he talks about how when he dies and he gets to meet God face to face. He wants to hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant, right? Basically saying, you took this life that I gave you and you stewarded it well. You've maxed out on it, right? Um, and he also adds on to that, that when God shows him, he imagines that when he dies and he's in heaven and like God is showing him a reflection or a mirror that's like got another version of him that like fulfilled his full potential. He hopes that he's looking at an identical reflection, meaning the life he lived here on earth is exactly the life that God intended. So that encapsulates what I'm after, right? I want to give as much as God intended me to give. I want to experience everything God ex- intended me to experience. I want to love as hard as God intended me to love. Um, I want to work as hard as God intended me to work. You know, I want to like take care of my body the way that God intended me to take care of my body. So. Um, obviously that's a ton of words, but, um, when you really condense that down, and if you're like looking for values, uh, growth is one. And then there's things like excellence, right? Have doing everything with the spirit of excellence. Uh, that's something I always try to, uh, pursue and it'll we'll probably talk about it more because there's a whole lot of, there's a whole lot I can talk about there, but this whole idea of anything that's worth doing is worth doing well. Um, stuff like that matters. Uh, matters a lot to me and uh, yeah without again going on a whole spiel I would say that's that's in a nutshell what 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 encapsulates this 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 Lennox that you see and it's just and above that right uh, I didn't even mention this but above that I don't consider it a value really it's just a way of being is just my faith and my relationship with God because after and again this is a whole other rabbit hole and that i'm excited for us to get into um after a long life of trial and error and running in all kinds of directions you know i got to a point where i realized that like my relationship with god is the most important thing in my life so i again i don't like considering it a value uh because i think it's it's bigger than that calling it just a value is kind of like watering it down uh but that's something that like really drives everything i do is just pursuing right relationships and everything else that flows from that you know love god love people anyway i will stop there (laughs) as you're preaching that was good man let's go 
Thank you. Yeah, my I can I can share my values real quick. Um, and I've worked on my values. You said you started working on yours a year or two ago. I've probably done this 10 times over my life, but I feel like the most recent time I did it was end of last year, 2022. And I know that they'll probably change again in the future, but I feel like at least for right now, I got it right because they're like, it's not hard for me to recall them. I really resonate with them. I came up with some bullet points and like five different values. And if you ask me what they are at any point, I can just rattle them off because it's actually who I am. Like it resonates from me and I just, it uh, is not, it's not like I'm trying to think of what I'm supposed to be and like live up to this thing. It's like, nah, this is just, that's who I am. And it's, it's like easy for me to come up with it. And that's why I feel like really uh, aligned with them. So that being said, there's some aspirational things. It's not like I hit all the marks perfectly all the time, but my five that I came up with is, and they actually are an acronym that makes it easier to remember too. And it spells laugh, just not the right way. So L, love unconditionally. Basically, love everybody unconditionally. Uh, next one is A, which is adventure, which is exp seek expansive opportunities to experience the fullness of life. That's the next one. And then uh, G, which is generosity, give more of myself than makes sense logically, whether that's financially, resources, my time, whatever but be more generous than actually makes sense logically. And then H, which is humility. And that is never letting my ego get in the way of my own growth. Always being like cheering other people on when they're winning and always looking for opportunities to learn, relentlessly pursuing growth. And I think a lot of that comes from humility. Even the question that we kicked off today of when's the last time that you changed your mind about something? And that comes from a place of humility and constantly like questioning what you actually personally believe, like your own thought patterns and, and beliefs. And so um, I think it's it's really easy to let your ego get in the way of a lot of different things. Pride comes before the fall. It's easy to become prideful, especially as you achieve some success or get some wins. And so I think being rooted in humility is extremely important. And then the final one is freedom, which is kind of two-parted. Part of freedom is having the freedom to like do what I want to do when I want to do it with the people I want to do it with and all that. Like, that's what I think a lot of times we think of with freedom. And that is part of it. The other part is the discipline to not need unnecessary wants, because a lot of freedom comes from the discipline to not be constantly needing all these things that we really don't need. Like there's a lot of wants that we become a slave to. And so having the discipline to not actually need all those things gives you a lot of freedom. And so it's kind of two parts. Like Having the discipline, freedom comes from discipline. And then also with that, having the freedom to live out my values and pursue my passions and uh, work because I want to, not because I need to, uh, because I wholeheartedly believe in what I'm doing, that kind of stuff. So those are my values. Love unconditionally, adventure, generosity, humility, and freedom. We have a there ton it of is. overlap. That's crazy. Yeah. We've got a ton of overlap in our values. It's probably why we get along so well right this yeah. is true awesome well it's been fun uh fun diving into this first episode with you i'm glad we're doing this and i'm excited there's a lot more stuff that we could talk about but we'll save that for future conversations future episodes so let's wrap things up with a lightning round do you have a question oh you're going first man i'm i'm asking a question for you oh yeah you're you're going okay. first all right let's let's do it um okay i'm gonna ask you a question that's like I've heard this question before, which is disappointing. I'll do better in future episodes, but 
I didn't think of one before this, so I had to like just do some quick thinking here. But I'm I'm curious about this actually. If you could go back and change one thing in the past, like what what would you change about your past if you could go and like make any kind of shift to your story, make any kind of change, what would that be? <laughs> well, there's so many different ways I could answer that question. But I'm gonna take the easy way out just for the sake of time. If there's one thing I could change, if I could go back, I'm going to make it like an easy one. If I could go back, I would have just listened to my convictions and uh, bought a more Bitcoin. Fair. Because <laughs> like, the reason, the, reason, <laughs> the reason that one hits home, I had the opportunity and I believed in the tech. Well, mostly Ethereum, but I believed in it and I knew it was going to go, it was going to go far, but like I hedged my bets. Like I traded, I like I would buy and sell and buy and sell. If I had just like went all in and just like sat, we'd be having a very different conversation. So that's one thing I would change. I like it. I wish and- you would, uh, <laughs> I wish you would have done that too. And I wish I would have met you a little <laughs> bit earlier and then I could have been throwing my money at it too. <laughs> Hey man, we still have the opportunity, man. Like it's all, still in the twenties, so oh for not, sure, it's not done yet. Yeah, yeah, we're good. So for you, yeah, next time I'll also do better and come up with a better question. But um, when was the last time you embarrassed yourself? Inc. Uh, okay, first thing that comes to mind is we had our company Christmas party, and I'm not sure how I became the person that. Everybody just knows, all right, if there's a dead moment, we can just throw Mark up to sing karaoke. <laughs> but somehow that is what happened. And so I am not a great singer. I am actually a terrible singer. I enjoy singing. If I'm in the car or in the shower or something, every once in a while, you know, I'll bust out a song, but it's not pretty. And yeah, so at our company Christmas party just a few months ago, there was about three different times where I was given the responsibility to be like, all right, nobody's up there. Mark, you're up. And it's like, all right, well, somebody's got to do it. And they know I'll just say yes. So, yeah, that was, I mean, it was kind of embarrassing because it was just terrible. And uh, I was up there just singing my heart out by myself multiple times when it was quiet in the room. And it was like, come on, why why are we doing this again? But I was like, I don't think anybody else is enjoying this either. Why do you guys keep putting me up here? But maybe they did. I don't know. Is there a video of this? There's very uh, short videos in the form of Instagram stories. So... Hopefully they turned the audio off. I'm not sure. I think I remember seeing some <laughs> stuff on Instagram. I just can't remember hearing you sing. So I might have to find some evidence. That's probably True. that's probably good. That you True that this actually happened. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thanks for sticking with us. And uh, I'm excited to chat with you guys on the next one. We are going to we're gonna go we're gonna take this into some interesting places. And uh, I think as we continue going all going along with the show, you'll realize it'll start to connect why we titled this show No Answers because um, anyway, let me not spoil let's not spoil too much. But again, thank you all for joining us for today's show, our very first episode. And uh, we look forward to continuing this journey with y'all. We'll see you guys soon. Peace. Classic.